Hello, everybody, and welcome to Two Up Talk. Myself, Gav Mack. We've got Stephen Cotton and Alex Osborne. How are you, gentlemen? Fine, thank you very much. How are you? Shiny, mate. Is that a fresh trim you got there, Alex? Yeah, man. I, I'm so buzzing. Uh, I, I feel like a feel like a whole new, fresh-made man. There if that go. man came out born with no hair. That's the- <laughs> well, you would, you're a baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it does to you mate honestly a fresh trim literally it changes does. your life um, before oh. we start I just want to say everybody whoever is watching the show anyone who is listening to the show subscribe to our YouTube channel at Top, Top Football on all social media but make sure you subscribe to our YouTube stuff um, so today we're going to be going through everything that's happened on on Wednesday's games and Thursday's games and we're going to be talking about the Europa League and Champions League draws that have happened today <laughs> just out the blue, weren't it? Yeah. <laughs> Wake up in the morning. Yeah, there was no, no, nothing was said about it. I, I could see it in Twitter, on BBC Sport, all the other Sky Sports, nothing. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, where's these draws come from? Yeah. They were just out of the blue. Nowhere. I'll tell you what, let's start with a Champions League draw. Why don't we? Um, so the games are going to be played on the 15th to the uh, 12th to the 15th of August. And the last remaining um, 16 fixtures, they're going to be on the 7th and 8th of August. Fixtures going along the bottom of the screen. You've got Shakhtar or Wolfsburg versus Basel. Oh, no, that's the that's the Europa League one. Um, there's the Champions League draw. Real Madrid or City versus Lyon or Juve, Leipzig versus Atletico Madrid, Napoli or Barca versus Chelsea or Bayern, and then Atalanta versus PSG. Chelsea, Chelsea, uh, sorry, Bayern, Barca looks tasty. Well, that's what I thought the Champions League final was going to be um, a couple year, a few years back, and it didn't work out that way. I could see, I could see Bayern Munich absolutely slapping this one because yeah. they've, had, oh, they've, they've had the form. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think that. I think this is probably the best chance they've had in the last few years, and will do in the next few years. Well, actually, saying that they've got Stan now, but I think I think this is their year. Should be. Well, Alex, we've been hammering the Bundesliga, haven't we? And um, just looking at the way Bayern Munich play, they've surely got to be favourites, right? Well, it's always difficult to try and relate that to the rest of Europe, but. Barcelona, we we've we we mentioned this pre briefly not so long ago, didn't we? About how they're record in the transfer market in the last, what, three or four years has been pretty, pretty appalling, hasn't it? Mm. They've spent yeah, a lot and, of money the mafia, on, they spent a lot really of money on players who might, might be good players like, uh, like Dembele and Griezmann, but do they actually fit the way that Barcelona want to play, you know, or do they actually fit their system? And they've, they've spent a lot of money on other players. Like, I mean, was it how much they spent on that Artur? I know they sold Artur now, but, they brought Pjanic, who's like the same player, but like five, six years older. So it's like, mm. what was the what was the point of that? I, well, I, do you know what? I mean, this, this, this might be a controversial opinion, or it might be. I reckon it might be shared by quite a few people. I genuinely think Barcelona are done. I think yeah. once, once, honestly, once Messi goes, you look at that squad. We've said we've had this conversation before. Messi isn't getting any younger, and, and then obviously there's rumblings of him wanting to either go back to Argentina or go do something else. Suarez isn't getting any younger. Have they replaced him? Griezmann isn't the same striker that Suarez is. They're not even remotely the same. They, they keep buying all these wingers. Like you said, Dembele, what happened with that? They've got Fatty coming through. Great, but he's he's still very young. Like We need players around him. And who's going to be there around him? PK's getting on. Like Jordi Alba isn't 
a, a spring chicken anymore. Like you look at that squad, and like you said, the investment hasn't been great. But I, I just really, I really think that they aren't what they used to be. How many, how many managers have they had in the last four years? The like, issue with Barcelona, they haven't got any regular, decent mid twenties players. They've either got yeah. a couple of kids coming through, or everyone's like 29, 30 plus. Yeah. So if you're not, that tells me that they're not building for the future. They're only playing for the now. And at the moment, their now isn't really doing a, doing a lot. Real Madrid, they've got a load of kids coming through. Yeah. And, and they've also got the financial clout. Oh, no, by, um, Barcelona have got the financial clout as well. But Real Madrid have people want to join Real Madrid and they know that when they join Real, they can actually be part of a team. They know when they go to Bar Barcelona, everything has to go through Messi. And as you said, Messi ain't going to be around forever. You know, he's, 30, he's, 30, he's just turned 33. So he's, he's, on, he's, on the, he's going to be on the decline pretty pretty, pretty soon. He's going to decline a lot quicker than, than, than Cristiano Ronaldo. So Barcelona, they really need a victory there. Um, I don't think that they will. I honestly think I, I, I can't see any past uh, Bayern Munich in that. Um, well, they we need also... to beat Napoli first, don't they? Exactly, and uh, and that's going to be a tough fight. I don't know. Um, what, can you guys remember what the score was from the first leg in that one? Was it a draw? Was it? Was it a draw? Uh, yeah, it was one apiece, I believe, off the top of my head. I can have a little Google search. Anyone who's watching the comments, yeah. I could uh, throw you two quid's worth in there. Uh, whilst whilst you're searching for that, I'll get the Europa League information up. Um, so the quarterfinal draw has been made today. The dates for that are to be confirmed because the last 16 games are due to be played on the 5th of August. And they're running through the bottom of your screen there. There's plenty, plenty fixtures. Um, it, 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 sorry, it, it did indeed finish one apiece. It finished one apiece. Um, Leverkusen, I fancy Leverkusen, Wolves or Manchester United to win the Europa League. Well, here's the thing. Uh, apparently, Man United and Wolves cannot meet in the final. They yeah, they'll meet in the semis. They can meet in the semis. So, I mean, the semis um, if they go that far. Yeah, well, yeah, it depends if they do go that far. I mean, I would say that they were probably, you've probably picked out the three best. I mean, looking out there, Roma stand out to me as well. Interesting. Um, as potential. Inter oh. is still there, so you know they've got um, yeah. Hetafe, and the winner of that will play Rangers or Leverkusen. Rangers. What, what, uh, I, would say, what I would say about those two teams, though, um, Roma haven't been spectacular as of late, um, and I tell you what, Inter, since it's pretty much that the titles run its race, the last few games they they've really dropped off. So this this might be a bad time for both teams going into a Europa League competition. Like Inter, especially, did they they drew last night? Did they two, two all? Yeah, they were one 0 down against Verona as well. Yeah, uh, well, there you go, Acabuster. Yeah, the one thing you like that recently. The one thing I will say about the German sides because their league is finished now. By the time these games will have been played, they'd have been out of match practice. What for about three, four weeks, maybe? So mm. that could probably work against them, unless uh, uh, unless Bayern and Bayer Leverkusen go. Do you know what? Let's do each other a solid. Let's play against each other, try and get our fitness and match practice up in time for the uh, games. I mean, I could see that potentially happen, but that would be a down disadvantage for those two sides, I, I, I imagine. That would be a smart move. Yeah. Let's um, let's get on to yesterday's games in the Premier League. We'll start with um, with Bournemouth versus Tottenham. That finished nil-nil. Not a lot really happened there, but there were on all three games on last night. VAR decisions that have all been, that all should have been overturned. And that's bad that they've come out and done that after the game. 
Do you know what? I don't. I don't understand. I really don't understand what they gain from coming out and saying that. Like, if if if, if the VAR decisions have, have been poor this season, it happens every week. If they'd have left this for a week, it would have blown over. Something else would have been the, the bone of contention. But to come out and say, "Oh well, yeah, sorry, sorry, boys, it should have been. It should have been this. It should have been that." What what do they gain from that? We all know it, like X was a penalty or Y wasn't. Blah blah blah. But I don't know why they've riled everyone up by coming out and saying that. Now, before we get into this, we need to discuss, like we said, because we were talking about it yesterday, the term clear and obvious, right? Now, to, to you know, every man on Twitter or to whoever's watching, whatever, that might not understand the clear and obvious rule, it has to be a clear and obvious mistake by the referee for it to be overturned. So as we get on to that, we'll, we'll talk about that. But like me and you were saying, Gav, it's different for people on the street to not fully get the, the wording or the way it works. The Premier League sent officials, the FA sent officials to every club this year to speak to them, to explain the remits of the law, to explain what clear and obvious means. Any new moment. directives are always discussed at the beginning of every yeah. season. The match officials go to every club, as you said. So, yeah. And it, and it seems like, we'll get onto it, but it seems like the managers aren't understanding these directives at all. Mm. It's, it's poor it's poor but like the decision should have been there anyway it, Tottenham should have had a penalty VAR did come in at the end of the game and correctly disallow uh, two uh, well one one particularly via VAR uh, Bournemouth goal and the other one was, was offside so that, that was fair enough but on the whole Tottenham they need to they need to find something in order to to get a result against Arsenal at the weekend because if they continue playing like that this isn't a good look for Tottenham going forwards. Going forwards, they didn't go forward. Zero shots on target in the whole game. <laughs> Harry Kane had more touches at centre-back than in the, the, the opposition's 18-yard box. Now, if that isn't peak Mourinho football, I, I don't know what ever will give you an example of it. I really don't. Alex, what do you think of, uh, of Bournemouth, though? I'm not saying that they're going to stay up now, but that's a giant point for them. It is a giant point for them. Maybe that can kick-start them, but their, their running is still tough, isn't it? It doesn't change the fact that they've got uh, uh, the worst set of fixtures left out of all the sides battling down there. I mean, there's, what, a three-point gap now between them and Watford, isn't it? Yeah, and they've got, they've got... What is it, four? Um, they've got a three-point gap after that. They've got Leicester at the weekend. They've yep. got Man City away. <laughs> <laughs> during the week they've got Southampton at home and they've got Everton in the last game of the season so I mean <coughs> excuse me if, I, if, I, if I'm Bournemouth I'm targeting those last two games and thinking right we get six points out of those we could potentially that could that could save us but even then that's I, I, I feel they're done I, even with that point yesterday they're still done yeah um, yeah Everton, hold on go Oh. Well, well, before we, before we go on, because we didn't really talk about it that much. Do, penalty? You think it's a penalty? What, what the one for, for Spurs? Yeah, first view. Yeah. When, I saw it live, yeah. when, I saw it, when I saw it live, I thought he shoved him. What about Vertonghen tripping Kane? Yeah. Because Kane is already on the way down when Josh King pushes him. He shouldn't be pushing him, but he is already unbalanced. And... But hold yeah. on. And then we go back to the clear and obvious. If, we're deb if me and you are debating it and we can't, get it bang on the same page as each other, it can't be clear and obvious, can it? 
Yeah, but then it's based on what the decision that's given on the pitch. So if once the decision is given, if we're saying no penalty, and then we think, oh, is it, isn't it? Then it won't be a penalty. If they're saying it is a penalty, and then we look back and go, oh, is it, isn't it? Well, we're not sure. Then it stays with the on-field decision. But, so, but yeah, we've seen, we've seen, it was all, all, all at this last season. Well, the season that's half just gone. But how many times did a penalty get overturned where it wasn't given to given? It it wasn't. There was there's only been one this season that's been overturned from not given to given. That they don't like going against the referee's decision at all. No, no they don't. It's all a bit dodge. Um, it's time for this. What's our Everton? Yeah, what are Everton? We always go there. One apiece that, that that game finished between themselves and Southampton. Um, Danny Ings with the opener after Southampton missed a penalty and uh, and Richarlison just before half time. But once again, we we go back to our good old pal VAR and then we say, hold on a minute, was that a penalty in the first place? And it was given, but it shouldn't have been really. No, not in the slightest. So what? That's that game. Um. <laughs> hold on, no, no, hold on, hold on. The, the Danny Ings goal is that masterful footwork, or is he kind of like stumbled onto that and knocked it, like took it round the keeper? Do you know what I mean? Does he know too much about that? I, 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 Danny Ings is a very smart player, and he's getting better and better. The more, all he needed was a run of games and game time to prove himself. And if he had that at Liverpool, unfortunate for him, it was injuries. At Liverpool, he was still. Be- Klopp loves him. Klopp didn't want him to go. Yeah. So what's that tell you? You know, he's a good striker, and he, he he's definitely going to play next year as long as he stays fit. But it could be um it could be the detriment of, of of someone someone a bit larger. But we look at a, a fourth striker being someone like a Callum Wilson or something. I'd much rather take Danny yeah. than Callum Wilson. Um, there's a comment sure. coming here from 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 Stephen uh, from Stephen Deakins or Deeks as everyone knows him as uh, sack VAR. Well. We're not going to be sacking VAR anytime soon, but there are going to be more FIFA um, incentives involved in VAR. There's lots of meetings that are happening over the summer. Um, Pierre Luigi Colina, frankly, is had enough. So yeah, they're FIFA, going to be FIFA are taking over, aren't they? They yeah. are indeed. Quickly, before we move on from the uh, Everton game, how nice was that Richarlison goal? That pass from Luca Dean and then the touch, boom, done, thanks. I'm not, happy about, I'm not happy about it because it screwed my hacker over. So, oh, okay. oh, but it's, oh, yeah, it's top, lovely golf. Lovely golf. Oh, yeah, both, both of them, both of them did me over there. Um, and then Manchester United, um, they won three nil away to away to Aston Villa, and once again, Villa actually looked all right. You yeah, know, they, they had they had the definitely had the better of the opening twenty minutes. We looked we looked sloppy, didn't come out the gates quick enough to be honest. Mm. Um, but uh, here we go again um, with the penalty decision because uh, first glance you think he's turned into you can see right first of all you can see why the referee is given it because at first glance when you're watching it and where his view was it does look like uh, Fernandez has done the roulette he's fought the defender it's a penalty closer inspections on the replay well it's, it's anyone's guess like you, you think it's a foul I know uh, there's a few pundits that think it was a foul by Fernandez, a few people think it is a penalty, and again we get onto the awful, awful phrase of clear and obvious because the penalty's been given. Alex, what what do you what do you think of it, mate? 
Because I've got my opinion. Um, can I be honest? I yeah. uh, I actually thought it was a penalty when I when I first saw it. I thought penalty. Yeah, but so, you've, you've, seen it, you've seen it again. You've seen when it I, when, when I when I saw it again, I was like, "That's not changing my mind, really." And, that, and that's why the VAR didn't change it. I'm, yeah. like, again, it's not clear, it's not clear and obvious. When you watch that first time, that is a penalty. I was like, "Oh, that's a pen straight away." I watched that again, and concert has already started to try and make his move away from the player. Fernandez is trying to anticipate the move, but when he catches concert, he's caught him with his studs above no. his ankle. He could have broken concert's leg. Now, if he, that for me, you should be looking at a red card for Bruno Fernandez. Was there any intent in it? What? No, there wasn't in any way, shape, or form. Was there any intent in Eddie and Kettier's the other day? No, there wasn't. But his studs are caught him way above the ball, where the ball is meant to be. That is dangerous. That. I think, I think- that is almost serious. It's that could be a red card. It's different. It, I can see what I can see what you're saying, Gav, and it's uh, it's very similar. As in, like you know, he he's not got the ball. He's on the man instead. Yet yeah, studs up and everything. The difference between Enketia and um, Fernandez. Fernandez, the ball got touched. I think if Contan got touched on the ball. Then Fernandez probably does his little, you know, the double drag back that he was trying, wasn't he? And he would have completed it. But the fact that Conte touched the ball meant that his leg was then replaced where the ball is. And Fernandez has no chance. There's literally split second for him to be able to recognise the fact he's had the ball to, uh, diverted away for him to then remove his foot. That's just not physically possible. The then the same can be said about Inquietia as well. But if you're comparing the two and catches is definitely more a red card than Fernandez. Was. Oh yeah, yeah. They're both, they're, they're both, you can say it's more than a red card, but they're both a red card. They're both, I, they're both studs, studs on, on the leg, on the mat. I think the, you know, the problem is not actually made contact with, with Fernandez. Fernandez has made contact with Conza. But the problem is, I'll tell you what, it's that old cliche. He, he's, he's gone in, he, he's lunged in at Fernandez. He's clumsy. He's given the referee the decision to make. And like, like I said, we're sat here now discussing this and we, we can't get on the same page with it. Twitter can't get on the same page with it. The pundits can't get on the same page. So that's why... VAR can, though. And VAR have come out and said that it shouldn't have been a They should have done. But at the time, because the referee's given it, it's not clear and, it's not a clear and obvious mistake that he should rescind it. And also, after the game, while we're talking about the penalty, the, the irony and the absolute... Balls the size of grapefruits of Dean Smith to complain about a VAR decision changing a game when the other week his goalkeeper backflipped into the goal, caught the ball, yeah. did a commando roll on the floor, still behind the line, and it wasn't given. Is uh, swings and roundabouts, Dean? Yeah, yeah. It does. It does a bit. Um, what I will say for this is, if obvious, as, as we're saying, the clear and obvious thing. The one thing about the Eddie and Ketia was. VAR told the referee to go and have a look at the pit side monitor because they couldn't quite decide. If VAR couldn't quite decide on these, why wasn't the referee called over to give the pit side monitors for that? We've always said about the monitors, didn't we? From yeah, well, that, that's one, it. Isn't, we why, why, why is it not? Why is it not consistent all the way through? Do you know what uh, I mean? Who was who was the referee that sent in Kenya off? Uh, Craig uh, Porson. No, it wasn't Porson. No, uh, Paul it was Kavanagh, I think it was. Oh, Chris Kavanagh. Chris Kavanagh. Yeah. He literally looked. That they watched that replay in the VAR office about three three minutes. It was something stupid. He went and looked at that monitor. He saw the initial contact and was like, "No way, straight off." 
he, he, he literally looked at that replay once and was like, no, that's that's enough for me. And if that's the case, send it down to the refs. It's their decision. Yeah. Because, yeah. Gav, do you remember I said this? I think this, literally the second or third week they brought the VAR in, I said, I think the refs are getting lazy. They're hiding behind VAR. They're mm. too scared to make a decision or they don't mm. want to make a decision and they'll leave it to see if it gets overturned or if it gets overruled sort of thing either way. And I still think that's the case. I think they're now so scared or worried to influence games by making a bad call that they are just leaving stuff and hoping for the best. Everywhere in world football, they look at the pitch side monitor. I know, it's it's only not- the Premier League because the Premier League, I think, are just too arrogant that's the yeah. only thing I could call it. It's arrogance. It's like, well, you know, we don't have to do that because we're the Premier League. And that, for me, is um, is an S show. Um, well, the the, the, oh, the whole point, sorry, the whole point was they said that it, it, it slows the game down. It slowed the game down with Nketiah watching the replay for three minutes. Give it to the referee, 10 seconds, gone. Like, so why just instantly send it down to him in a decision like that? And that's it's, the comment that's coming through. Uh, I feel that VAR is just not working. Games are too slow, and it's not um, uh, and it's not sorted issues. Yeah, and I think that is because people aren't uh, being given the the rights to go have a look at the screen. I think yeah. it's as simple as that. Um, right then, on Sunday we have cool. the uh, watch further, along. Can we just can we just talk about Greenwood? Yeah. Talk, oh, just yeah. I'll tell you what. Yeah, let's, no. let's do Mason that. Greenwood. Let's do I mean. <sighs> We don't know what foot he is. Is he left-footed? Is he right-footed? And yes. he is just scoring. Not, not only is he not only is he scoring screamers, I can't remember a shot that he's had that's been off target. He's always making the keeper work. And he, he's, he's like a cheat code as well. Like every every shot is hit at 100 power. There's nothing, no less. <laughs> he, he, because he, he's got this, he's also got the skill where he's able to find that half yard to uh, able to get that shot off as well. And his technique is so good that he strikes the ball cleanly pretty much all the time. He's um, scored more goals outside the box than anyone else in the Premier League. It's not a cheat code. You, you want to talk about cheat code? You talk about Lamar Jackson being a cheat code. Mason Greenwood is your cheat code. Mm. Yeah, I think he can play anywhere are, on that front three line as well, can't he? Oh uh, yeah. Well, he's playing right wing at the minute. I, I'm not. It's not the greatest, but I mean. Like Solskjaer said, if he's scoring, what, what does it matter? You can't can't get him out of the squad if he's if he's scoring yeah, goals exactly. out of that. Mm. But um, I think the defending for his goal, like I know, I think Roy Keane touched on it yesterday. But the defending for his goal, it's nuts, right? Okay, this kid hasn't been in the league for very long. You know he can hit him. Don't give him that extra yard. Like everyone stood off him and stood off him. Taro Mings just stood there and watched, like he was inviting it. And it's don't invite this kid on ever. The same for the Pogba goal as well, wasn't it? Grealish kind of yeah. came out to confront him and then stopped. And then stopped, yeah. Yeah, and then Pogba did the uh, good thing that all players did, use Grealish as the, I'm going to curl it round him kind Decoy of as a mark, didn't it? Yeah. Mm. yeah, and it was a beautiful, that was a beautiful finish as well. But yeah, Man United are banging form and well, they're, uh, they must have wished that they uh, got Fernandes in the summer rather than the January transfer window. Could have oh, been yeah. a ball game <laughs> if that was the case. Yeah. Um, Adam Deering is watching the show. Can we talk about how overrated Grealish is? Do you know why he's looking overrated? Because he has single-handedly carried that Villa team. Don't forget, McGinn was out for a large chunk of the season. 
Grealish is everything that Aston Villa have done. Even defensively, going forward, everything that Villa do has to go through Grealish. And I tell you what, after the amount of games this season, a three-month break, I'd be burnt out and look and looking pretty, pretty poor at this point. In a he like needs that. to. He needs to get a move away. He, he needs to get. Yeah. He needs to get a move away to a top six club. Where where do you think he would go now? Because like the, the Man United noises have cooled down a little bit because there was like, oh, can Man United play with Fernandez and Pogba? Proven. So you know, all they needed was a is a CDM. They've got they've got a couple, but they could probably do with someone else. Man United. Grealish, if he goes to Man United, he ain't starting. Not anymore. Do, 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 do you know where I think he might go? And there's no, been no rumblings of this. But if Villa go down, he'll be available for pretty cheapish, right? Spurs? Listen, Adam Lallana's on his way out of Liverpool, isn't he? Mm, Liverpool? No, Liverpool? They, haven't got, but, they haven't got a lot of money. To, they said that they're not going to invest a lot. If Grealish becomes available for an all-right price, it wouldn't be a bad player to have in... Uh, Grealish to Liverpool. Interesting. But once again, he wouldn't start. He wouldn't be starting every No, week. he wouldn't. I don't, but I don't think if he goes... If he, if he wants to go to a club and instantly start, then he won't be... He, he can't go to a top five, six club. I don't think. Hmm. That would, do you know what? I'll think about it a little bit more. That could actually work. That could work. Um, right, we're going to... Also, Liverpool love a, love a number 10 that plays every position, don't they? So... Yeah, they do. Um, we're going we're to move on. We're going to talk about the games that uh, happened on Wednesday night. However, before that, we have got our watch-along on Sunday. You could be watching it in the pub. Or maybe you're watching it at home. You can even watch it in Dubai. You might be watching as a neutral after your boys just won the playoff final. It doesn't matter where you're watching it. Watch it with us. Tottenham versus Arsenal. Live watch along on Facebook and YouTube on Sunday the 12th of July at 4.15pm. That'll do, won't it? Yes, that is on Sunday from quarter past four on our channel, on Facebook and on our YouTube channel. So make sure you come along and watch it with us and throw you two quids worth in like everybody else is. We've got comments coming through as we're going along and I'm sure we'll come to those in a bit. Right, um, let's see what happened on Wednesday night because there was a few games on Wednesday. Uh, Brighton versus Liverpool. Brighton one, Liverpool three. It's it, the scoreline sounds a lot more um, comfortable than the match actually suggested. Do you not think? Oh, uh, actually, for, I was say not the first twenty minutes. I thought Liverpool. I thought they were going to run away with it. Yeah, and I actually thought I actually thought of you, Cotton, when this game was going on. Brighton trying to play out the back and Liverpool catching them out three or four times. And uh, a couple of their goals, I can see, I can see you uh, just getting uh, triggered uh, here. Ask uh, Gav, the minute that goal went in, he got a lengthy voice note of me going absolutely mental. Like, and, and it's like, how many times have I said, even good teams with good goalkeepers doing it, like Edison and Allison playing out with their feet. Fair enough. Well, not even fair enough. But watching Brighton, and Gav, what is the exact first thing that voice note started out with? It said, just because you can play out from the back doesn't mean, doesn't mean you should. should. And it was yeah. an absolute travesty fair play to Cater because he was switched on he was quick he got to the ball and then he won the ball he and did. it was 
it was an easy finish. I thought Firmino was going to take it, but he, I think he got a shout from Salah. I, I thought Kater almost. I thought Kater almost f that pass up. Yeah, because he almost yeah, looked yeah. like he passed in, but in between them, where it was going to, they were going to mm. leave it for each yeah. other, and you were like, I think, oh, that, I that, think that, Firmino. Yeah. I think Firmino got the shout and then left it for yeah, Salah. Yeah, yeah, uh, Naby Keita was absolutely phenomenal he's on great, Wednesday, yeah, he's by the way. And this is the Naby Keita that I've been waiting to see. And this is the one I've been telling people. People are going, oh, Naby Keita ain't all that, is he? Um, with the classic, oh, he doesn't score enough goals, doesn't get enough assists sort of lines. I'm like, mate, he is an animal. He has got energy for days. And he's, he's a Bundesliga Kante. He doesn't need to score. His whole point was to come in and provide energy. Yeah, right. and that's exactly what he does. He is an absolute tank. And that's, everything that he did on Wednesday was exactly what he was doing week in, week out when he was in the Bundesliga. Do you know what? Uh, I, I know it doesn't really suit their uh, style of play and Klopp's style of play. Imagine a double pivot of Fabinho and Cater. One staying, one going. Like, see, that... That's that, but then it's, sometimes that happens. I don't it, and that's where we always talk about Liverpool. Like they don't have any, uh, they don't have any creativity in the middle of the park. They're all about industrial movement, and they are absolute workhorses in the middle of the park. So when they're talking about potentially Thiago Alcantara coming in, what you just said there, a little bit about Grealish, maybe even Coutinho going back to Liverpool. That's the sort of difference, potential difference maker when it comes to being creative but what they don't need to change anything they just won the title and they're cruising towards a record points haul so uh, what, what i would say is it's, it's obviously they've been the best team for the last two years but don't forget that everyone else has kind of clocked on that they have been the best team so like chelsea have already gone out and invested already mm. we we will definitely look to invest I, I don't know if city will be able to or whatnot but for liverpool just to sit on their laurels and carry on with the squad that they have, which is a great squad, don't get me wrong, might be a bit dangerous. Obviously, Lallana's going, um, Milner's getting on, Henderson's not getting any younger. Obviously, he's not old at all, but you know what I mean? Like, So for them, just to... We've seen, we've seen a few glimpses this season. If one of the front three hasn't started, it hasn't really clicked. Or if if one of the midfielders is out, it hasn't really... They've won the games, but, it, but just so slightly sometimes sort of thing. So mm. I think it would be quite dangerous if they just if they just sit back. If they bought, if they get Thiago, I'm seriously going to worry about my health. <laughs> I don't think we'll be able to handle. I don't think we'll be able to handle Liverpool fans for much longer. Um, but in terms of Brighton, um, you know their results are happening beneath them, which is making things a lot more comfortable for them. And they're actually on course to finish their highest um, league position in the Premier League era as well. Um, but um, yeah, as I said Brighton. They had their few uh, their few chances. Don't you think, Alex? You there, Alex? Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Don't, yeah, Brighton had their had their chances as well, don't you think? They were few and far between. No, for for what I can't remember, Brighton laying siege or at any point thinking, "Oh, Brighton are going to score here." Uh, Trossard's goal was a lovely finish, um, and he and he, he did he did have one towards the end of the second half, but at that point, obviously, it was three one. That could have made it three two, but I. I I didn't think that Brighton were in it, were ever in it at any point. To be honest with you, there was a there was a couple of good chances they had. That if they had a, a decent a decent ish striker, or if someone had made the runs, or if someone had seen it, there was there's a few good balls across the box and into the corridor that that could have been taken advantage of. But it, it's it's Liverpool. If you 
even if you do take your chances and Brighton score two goals, Liverpool score four, five. They did, Liverpool didn't even get out of gear, did they? They didn't. They didn't really yeah. need to. It was. It was. A, it was a stroll in the end. It was in the end, but yeah, I, I, I did feel sorry for Brighton at times. You know, it's difficult to try and pick yourself up when you're two 0 down after eight minutes. Henderson's goal was was absolutely crispy as hell, um, to be fair as well. But uh, but yeah, they were. Although, they were ready I, to be I, like, like I said to you during the game, I, I don't like goals from that distance that that curl away from the keeper. I don't think he should be... See, nah. See, I'm the other way because it's curling away from the goalkeeper. You know, I, I, I think I think, uh, I think, think Ryan's positioning could have been slightly better on the off. Yeah. But as soon, as soon as it's hit that, it's curling away from him. If the keeper makes a save on that, I think that's what that's wonderful. If, 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 if it's curling into him and he's missed it, then I'm going to be putting well, some well, red flags up a little bit. I think we see goalkeepers make saves like every other week where the ball's coming across and they tip it around the post or they just palm it away. It's a, it's a great strike, don't get me wrong, because he's hit it first time. I just don't like to see my keeper being beat by outside sort of thing. Mm. Um, Manchester City five, Newcastle United nil. Alex, what do you what what were your uh, uh, what's your evaluation of that one? C- City uh, turned up for this one, <laughs> really, um, and I, I really do think City have just been a bit blasé about this whole since the since we've come back, really. They've known that they can't win the Premier League, so they've gone like, oh, if we fancy playing for this game, we'll, we'll, we'll turn up. If not, we'll... I mean, prime example is when they played Liverpool, right? OK, yeah, Liverpool were slightly off their game, but City were well on that. And they were like, we need to put a statement out here, boys. Come on, let's do this, right? And they did. And they destroyed Liverpool. And then they'll just switch off or they... They'll be like, oh, I don't really care about this one. Then that's when you lose 1-0 against Southampton or you lose 2-1 against Chelsea. And mm. I feel like they're, they're just keeping their cogs turning. They'll be, they're, they're going for the FA Cup because they can still win that trophy. So uh, <laughs> as, much as, as much as that pains me to say, they're going to they're gonna probably they'll beat us quite comfortably. Uh, probably again about 3 or 4-0. And then they'll be gunning for the Champions League um, when that comes round. So because... <laughs> Depending on what happens on Monday, that would be their, their only chance to win it for the next year or so, so or the next couple of years anyway. So, uh, I, yeah, City are just a strange one, really. They're an enigma, aren't they? I genuinely think that, I've said this before, I said I said it as soon as that band got announced, I don't know how much Pep wants to be there at the minute. His body language isn't normal Pep. Obviously, that he's going to lose David Silva. If they get, do you think Pep wants to sit two years out of Europe, or even mm. a year if it gets reduced? Do you think Kevin De Bruyne is going to want to sit two years out of Europe? Do you reckon he, that? that do you reckon a few of the big names will be looking at leaving then? Depends, who, depends who's about. I mean, depends who comes in. If, Kev, if I, Kevin, yeah, De Bruyne, I think under normal circumstances, yeah, but who's going to pay their wages? The problem. Real Madrid, PSG, pay their wages and transfer fees. PSG, Real Madrid. Potentially. Barcelona. 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 But that, 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 just, I, honestly, I just Pep just hasn't been at, at himself or at the races this season. I mean, it's not like City kind of pushed him all the way to the wire. After a few weeks, it looked like the wheels had already started to to slip yeah. off. And, what Norwich beat City how many weeks into the season? Like, uh, it was about seven or eight games into the season, wasn't it? I, I just don't think he. I just don't think he looks 
looks himself and he doesn't look happy. And as we know, Pep thrives in one-team leagues. And I just don't think... I think it's been a bit of a wake-up call for him. Mm. Um, Jesus, Mares, uh, David Silva and uh, and Sterling were all on the score sheet. It was an own goal there from uh, Fernandez. But we're talking about assists for a second and David Silva is now on uh, the same number of assists as Steven Gerrard in the Premier League in 199 less games. Now, David Silva is one of the best foreign players to ever grace these shores. But they were having a discussion on TalkSport the other day. I don't know if it's just for clickbait or for a couple of extra phone calls to come in or not. Ask him whether David Silva is all that or not. Hmm. Are they drunk at TalkSport? It's just, it is just for, for clicks. It is just for sensationalism. To have those crazy phone calls and, and sound bites they can put up. But but going back to the stat about um, 100 games less than Gerard. 199. Look, okay, 200, well, 200, yeah. 200 games. I will defend Gerard because this is like the same conversation we had the other week about the Lampard thing. Silver plays behind behind the attackers, behind some very good attackers. Uh, Gerard played very deep, and at the time, other than other than the season or two with with Torres and a season or two with Suarez, Gerard didn't have uh, great wide players or, or great forwards to to service really, like like mm. Silver has the whole time at City. So I will defend Gerard there. Mm. Alex. Um. I've never really been a big fan of David Silva. To be honest, I always thought he was a tad overrated, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, well... <laughs> put it this way, right? Put, put, put it this way. I um, was never as good as... When you took when you take a peak Ozil, he was nowhere near that level. Okay, he's more consistent. Ozil's dropped off massively. Um, in terms of goal scoring in from his position... He's nowhere near what Lampard produced or anything like that. I feel like he's, he's a good, solid international, but nothing more. And he just I, happens I, to play in a good city side. I, I, I don't personally see why um, uh, he's mentioned amongst Premier League greats. There's been far better players. Cesc Fabregas, uh, his peak for a lot of his career, was miles better than uh, David Silva for me. Uh, there's a comment. I think Adam's comment is... Pretty much replicating my facial uh, facial expressions there. I, I can't have the uh, I can't have the Ozil comment either. The, the, no, I can't street, have that. He's streets ahead of, of a prime Ozil. No, nah, Ozil was miles. That Ozil who played for Real Madrid was miles better than any David Silva that I've seen in my in my, in my lifetime. Put put David Silva uh, in that Real Madrid team. Uh, well, yeah, David Silva almost won, did. didn't he? He had, he, had, he had drama. He had drama, didn't he? When he was at um, Valencia, he was about to sign for Real Madrid. And there was a bit of drama, which made Ertzil be the man that was picked to go to um, <laughs> to go to uh, um, Real Madrid. David Silva is an absolute animal. He, he, he gets the assist for the assist. He gets the assist. He, he can strike a ball. He doesn't need to. He just he lays it off. Yeah, you have it. You lay it. I'll lay it off to you. Who's in pockets of space? The only thing that I would like to um, criticise, not necessarily David Silva, but more Man City as a whole, is when they lost Fernando. Remember when they lost Fernando, and um, it was Fernandinho sitting deep, and then they started playing um, Yaya Torre in that deep role. 
I didn't feel that suited Yaya Torre at all. Yaya Torre was much better in behind. I think what Man City should have done then was play David Silva in a deeper role alongside Fernandinho. A little bit like when Arsenal dropped uh, Cazorla back into that deep role. I think that would have made him arguably the best player in his position. The guy has got Pirlo... Like traits is. Uh, I, can, I, can give, I can give you. I can give you four words as to why Yaya played at centre mid deeper than David Silva did, and those four words are six foot five, <laughs> five foot zero. Like if, if, if it was me and I need and I need, and I need like, like a powerhouse, uh, like box to box or deeper lion, it's Yaya all day. And, mm. and do you know what? All these they're, they're saying that is Silver City's best ever player. I don't even think he's the best ever, uh, the best player of the, this generation of City players. I think, I, I think Yaya is nuts. And I think, give it, give it three or four years. I think we'll, we'll be talking about Kevin De Bruyne as possibly one of the best Premier League players, let alone one of City's best Premier League players. Yeah. But I, I, I kind of agree with Alex a little bit. Not, not that he's overrated. I think that it's, this happens when people retire or they or they move on and they've been in the league for a lot of years. People only just now sort of give them recognition and sometimes they get too much recognition at once before they go. Silver is amazing, amazing, amazing player, but some pundits talking about best Premier League, best foreign Premier League player ever and stuff is just a... No, 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 that's too much. We all know that's Thierry Henry. Um, Aston Villa, not Aston Villa, West Ham, I should say. Um, <laughs> West Ham nil. Burnley won. That was a game that happened uh, on Wednesday night. It wasn't the greatest spectacle. Um, who, who watched the most of that? I, 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 watched that, that. I watched that game and it, was, it wasn't great. I've been keeping tabs hoping they go down. And uh, it looks like they might actually make a great escape. Where are they now? Uh, oh, actually saying that, a Bournemouth, a Bournemouth win and West Ham lose another game and they're suddenly back in trouble again. Yeah, West Ham 16th place in the league at the moment on 31 points. Um, level level on points with Watford in 17th, but they've got a better goal difference of three. Um, but hold on. And then... Who is the absolute? Where are we? Where is that Suchek, the absolute monster that has just seemingly come from nowhere, was just scoring in every game since the restart. Alex, we were talking about this the other day, weren't we? Where the <laughs> hell did he yeah. come from? I, I never know. heard of him, and I'm so annoyed because I know I've heard of everyone. That's so I've never heard of Suchek. So it's such a football manager signing. Where did he come from? I bet was it like Shakhtar or somewhere? No, he's uh, actually Prague, no Slavia Prague. Slavia Prague. Yeah. He's on loan from Slavia Prague. Yeah. That, that's a football manager sign, and if ever, ever I've heard one. And there's probably an option to buy for like seven million or something. Not probably not even that. Probably two hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> um, what for, um, West Ham? Are they going to go down, Alex? No. No. Do you want no, them to go down, they... Alex? What's that? Do you want them to go down? Do I want them to go down? It would be quite funny if they did. Yeah, are we talking about West Ham? Oh, West Ham. Yeah, I really, I really. It'd be funny if Watford went down, and we we all know reasons why that would be funny. Oh, yeah, Troy Deeney. I was just so ugly of a day when Norwich were one 0 up, and I was like, "Yes, I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be some absolute meltdown." And then you know, Watford ended up winning that, and with a sublime overhead kick. From uh, from Danny Welbeck, Danny he upset me a little no. bit. Where's Danny Welbeck oh. pulling it out of his bat, uh, out of his locker? I know. Man. I was like, 
didn't realise it was his first goal for Watford, though. Yeah, he's been, he's been out injured for a long time. No, 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 no. But like he he was on course to be something, wasn't he? And it just kind of. You know, it's twenty nine. I don't know. It's been around forever. Danny Welbeck. He's twenty nine. Scored his first goal against Preston, didn't he? Like sixteen, some thirty yard wonder goal in a cup game, but. And then all of a sudden, um, yeah, it turns up at Arsenal's doors. Um, and then, um, this is a game that I did pay so much attention to. And I'm so annoyed with it because this game was bad. And it was Sheffield United 1, Wolves 0. Um, what is going on with Wolves at the moment? They've, um, they've, they've, they've sort of taken a bit of a downturn. It's, it's the break. It's, it's the break. They, I think they're one of the teams as well that... Um, they they play very well in front of their own fans and they get that extra 10% and get driven along by, by the fans because they're, they're loud at Molyneux. And now there's no fans there. I kind of think players are on holiday a little bit. There's not that extra push for them or need for them. Uh, are they guaranteed like Europa League football? No, it's not guaranteed it. No, they're only, um, they're only two. They're, well, they're only, that result uh, the Sheffield United got that means that uh, what they're only two points or a point behind them now. Yeah, I Sheffield mean, United are in seventh place. Uh, yeah, Arsenal yeah. three points behind them in eighth. Yeah, um, it does look like they're just down, not down tools, but they're they're on holiday, aren't they? Uh, I don't think they did come out the blocks other after restart one three in a row. Then obviously Arsenal beat them, didn't they? Um, I just think they've just lost a couple of games, a couple of tight games. That's it. That happens when when you're when you're a side like Wolves who likes to keep games close and tight. That will you'll you'll win as many games as you'll lose um, because you know only one or two things have to go your way or go against you, and you you're you're struggling. Then they, they don't they don't have a lot of creativity. I know uh, we, we we talk about Adamo Traore. He's a powerful winger. Um, but where's where's their creativity coming from the middle of the park? I know well, should, they should be looking at Neves. They should be looking at uh, Jamatino, but they're not really doing anything. Uh, yeah, I say as well, Traore is very very one dimensional. It's giving the ball, run at defenders, get down to the byline, either stick across it or cut inside and try and get across it. It's very rinse and repeat. And, it, and if you if you can play someone at fullback with equal pace or equal strength if it's possible or just even take a yard off and just measure him out of the game sometimes he is he, he's easy to get at, I think I mean you wouldn't you wouldn't want you wouldn't want him running at your centre backs but who doesn't have a pacey wing back or a pacey full back these days that can just can marshal him what was um quite impressive from Wolves in the in the first couple of games after the restart was that they weren't actually starting with him. They were bringing him off the bench when the fullback yeah. was done. I'd get a little bit tired. Yeah. And I, I think that's where he's best, to be honest. Yeah. I think he's an impact yeah, that's player. possibly where they've gone wrong. These last couple of games, they've actually started him yeah. rather than Jota, who's probably who's a better player. Diego Jota's a better player than Traore. He's but way more creative. Way. What's that? He's way more creative, Yotto. He's got so many different... He's better as well. through the middle. Yeah. It's like like when everyone clocked... um, It took them a season. But everyone clocked that Leicester's game plan was over the top ball to Vardy and letting pace onto it. So everyone just started sitting deeper. And I think Traore, people have got his number. People are sitting deeper. People are being smarter. They're not trying to engage for the ball. They're letting him come come to them. And... 
I'm not going to lie, his his crossing and distribution isn't particularly great, is it? So, I mean, if you if you let him come on to you and you, but you you keep that space so he's not going to go past you, you've got a good chance for the cross not being that good. So you, you've done your job, I think. Um, Chef United, that's two goals in two games for John Egan. Um, both of them in the last five minutes of games. You know, he got the equaliser at the weekend, and then and then that right at the end. So. Um, it's like it's like Sheffield United have had their little wake up call after they come back because they came back really slow after the restart and now they're starting to get a couple of results. That's uh, that's two in two wins out of their last three games and seven points accumulated from those. Yeah, they've turned it around, haven't they? They've turned it yeah. around. With Sheffield United, it's one of those things where, where you don't you don't want to be you don't want to be condescending, and obviously every team wants to win every game. But listen, wherever they finish this season, they can they can be proud of what they've done this season. Uh, how many people expected them to, to be struggling and and maybe being in a dogfight because they haven't got the, the star players and stuff? Uh, they, they've done really well this season. And wherever they finish, I think I think they can be proud. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, right then, um, that's, uh, that's all our games wrapped up. We're not going to be previewing any because we're going to be back on Saturday morning. Before... Uh... Before we uh, go up, I just want to ask you to... I've just seen on Twitter uh, there, um, and I, I feel like it's a good one to actually ask, get your opinions on this. Um, Erlen Haaland or Mason Greenwood? Who's a better striker? Right that is... Tough. Right, right now we've got to say Greenwood, ain't you? Because um, because the season's finished for this league. Well, this is going to be a very diplomatic answer because I love both of them. Um, it really depends on your style of football and what you need. If if you said to me we needed a straight, if we needed a straight striker to go through the middle, I'd probably want Haaland to go through the middle. If, if you asked me if I wanted a player that fits a system where you can interchange and you can come off the wing, Haaland isn't your guy at 6'4". Like, he's, not that he's a bad dribbler, but he's not smooth on the ball as Greenwood. So it, re- it really depends what you want. Uh, if you'd have asked me a few weeks ago, I'd have probably told you that Haaland was nicking it. But at the minute, Greenwood's scoring. It, the there's, not, is- there's, not, there's not much age difference in him, is there? No, um, Haaland's still 19, I believe. Um, Greenwood is 18. But the thing is, Solskjaer's openly come out and said that Greenwood is the best finisher at the club. So if that is the case, can we see him through the middle a little bit more? You know, because Rashford can do that work from wide and so can so can Martial. So maybe... Martial, doesn't, Martial doesn't like working, man. He, like... No, he doesn't, but he's good at it. And it's proven when he, when he, when he can... When he does cut him from the inside and he can have a nice little slap... He can bag. So what but I would he, like to see is the three of them interchanging more, but I would like to see Greenwood through the middle more. If we're going Haaland or Greenwood in terms of a striker, I'm going with Haaland. Yeah. But yeah, there's pretty much like, yeah, well, like, well, like, that's where I'm going with as well, yeah. Where are you going, Alex? Is I would sure? take Greenwood. I would take Greenwood. What's your reason? Because I feel like you can... I feel like you could mark Haaland out of a game or keep him quiet. Whereas I feel like if you had Greenwood, no matter when, no matter how badly he might be playing in a game, I feel like he's always a threat to score, no matter what. Mm. Because he just has this 
seems to have the innate ability to just make that half yard for himself. And whether it's on his left foot, whether it's on his right foot, he's going to get a shot away. And with his finishing ability, it's always going to stand him. And the power that he has in both legs as well, he's always going to have a chance to score. And I just feel like you could probably mark Haaland out of the game. And we've said it a couple of times, haven't we? When Haaland's played for Dortmund this season, they've still looked toothless when he's played up front. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially if, if, if um, the games where he's played up front on his own for Dortmund, he's looked lost, man. He's looked so isolated. Yeah. He's still, yeah. don't get me wrong, he's still very young. But I bet mm. after scoring all those goals in the Champions League and scoring all those goals for RB and then... Green was doing it from... in the harder league as well. No, he's doing it in the harder league. But but with with mm. with the Haaland thing, like he he was flying high. He scored in his first few games. Then I mm. think it must have been such an enlightening experience to play up on his own and just get nothing. And like you, then you realise you've really got to work. But then, yeah. then 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 the problem is he's having to come deeper. And do you really want your target man? Because he's a he's a big lad. What is he six four? You don't you don't want mm. players like that, Harry Kane. To be to be dropping. To <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Harry Kane. <laughs> if they are your target men, they should be your, your target men. Yeah. Also, I think I think the one thing that probably would pip it for me is Greenwood's five star weak foot. Like you said, he, Harland, you you know he's going to want to get it onto his his left. You know you know where he's going to want to put the ball. So, like you said, you can you can put him to one side or you can try and mark him out of a game. Greenwood, how terrified must you be now when he's got the ball? Because you can't even think, oh, I'll, I'll make him shift it onto that foot or on that side because he's still going to slap. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't excited. Excited. I'm really excited about these two. Sancho, we still need to put Mbappe in the conversation. You know, there are a lot of... You know what? Screw it. Bukayo Saka at the Arsenal... Um, there's a fatty at Barcelona. I tell you what, we're, we're, the, we've been worried about is, the next generation, and there's some absolute talent coming through. The good thing is, you you think of what probably the top ten young talents that in Europe, three or four, maybe five of them are English. That is yeah. exciting because when has that ever been the case previously? Yes, exactly. Look at the smile on my face. Look what you just done to me. The, the, the smile on my face, the sun is out as well. Like, yeah, there's a lot of decent I young kids believe, coming through I that are going to be buying English shirt. All those young English talents coming through, and not one of you mentioned Jesse Lingard. The bias is unreal. I know. Is, is, yeah, he's unreal. got all that potential still to realise, Colin. <laughs> hey, look, boys, is a young lad. Do you know what's a shambles as well? Hold on. I think uh, if I can get. Look, right, so this is world, the World Cup that just went right. Oh, oh yeah. Maybe one out in the spinny. Oh, God. <laughs> We're in number oh. seven for England. What were they thinking? Oh, what were they God. thinking? They were Lingard's, Lingard, Lingard's international career has died so these other career, careers can blossom. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. He, yeah, That's he's fine, a martyr. He died for yeah, everyone's sins. Yeah. Um, right, you've been watching Two Up Top. Thank you very much, everybody, for watching. Also, remember, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Everything is underneath on the on the screen there. Um, all our social media is at Two Up Top Football. But in particular, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, did you know, if you put in Two Up Top on Google, we come up first. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye.